talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. Brent, Kevin, welcome back into the studio today. Yay! <laughs> Seems like it's uh, Groundhog Day when we do the introduction. <laughs> Actually, today's a good one as well. Uh, the topic, or the title, I guess, is this. Uh, the incredible power of words. Mm. I love words. Words are a gift, aren't they? But they can also be very um, powerful, or and they can also be very hurtful. Um, hurtful, I guess, could fall under the powerful term. So let's talk about it. Power, the, the incredible power of words. Where would we start on this? Many years ago, I worked with the Waterfront Rescue Mission, and in a leadership meeting, one of the terms that was used on a regular regular basis, I can't remember, we went through some type of training as a group, but the term that we agreed on and started using was specificity of language. <laughs> and that has stuck with me for all these years now, because that truly is the essence of what you're talking about, Jeff, the specificity of language, choosing specifically the words that we use, because words unite and they tear down. They mm -hmm. build up and they destroy. The Scripture even talks about how the tongue itself is a, a source of all kinds of evil, because of what comes out of the tongue, it can it, it builds up and destroys and so many different things. So specificity of language, the intentionality behind choosing the specific words we want to use. Scripture talks a lot about that. James chapter 1, be quick to listen and slow to speak, slow to become angry. And the whole reason we have to be slow to speak is because that gives us time to, to think, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and our minds to know what to say in certain situations. Uh, words... Are powerful. Yeah, um, the thing about words too is we tend to overuse words, which pretty much makes them meaningless. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we misuse the word awesome, love, incredible, phenomenal. It's almost like we have a, an, uh, an adverb problem, right? Um, it, it, things can't just be good, they have to be unbelievably awesome. Well, I'm sorry, but unbelievably awesome is should really be reserved for truly unbelievably awesome. It, I don't know if everybody thinks this way, but for me, when I hear somebody using the, those words all the time, their value pretty much goes down. Not the person's value, but but their their word <laughs> specificity of language here. I, yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't. I I pretty much become numb to them. So like, if that's a great restaurant, yeah, yeah, probably not. I'm not going there because you you say everything's a great restaurant. Again, back to our friend Brian Jones, if everything's important, nothing is. Right. If everything is special, nothing is. So I, I try to, the best I can, reserve words that are everyday, ordinary words. If something's good, it should be good. If something's great, it should be great. Mm -hmm. um, but there's power in the words, too, because I think that if you develop a reputation of being somebody who is articulate, and somebody who uses words appropriately and uh, measurably, I guess I could say, then people tend to listen to you more, mm. or they tend your words tend to carry more power or more weight. Um, if a critic criticizes you all the time, you're going to eventually be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That, that's just them. Same old, same old. But if yeah. a really good friend 
who usually encourages you, brings a criticism, are you more apt to listen to it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because you're going, man, this is different. And how they say it's a big deal too, right? That truly is. That goes back to the Scripture as well. I actually had a conversation today with a teenager speaking about the very topic because this teen wanted to speak to another teen about the other teen's walk and how it was not focusing on Jesus and the observation of a falling away. And uh, the teenager I spoke with was, was concerned, said, I don't know how to approach, I don't know how to have this conversation, I don't know how to begin, so we talked through that. And one of the things that I rem- reminded him of is that we are responsible before God for the words we use and the way that we use the words, the the body language that we use, the inferences, the tones, all of this, because the words that we use in that situation can point somebody to Jesus or can push them away. Truth Truth is truth, but the way that it's presented, if it's not presented in love and kindness and patience and edifying and encouraging and equipping, then it's not going to be beneficial to the other person. And that's on us as the giver or as a sharer of the words. But we cannot be responsible for what the other person receives if we give out of, out of love and patience and kindness. Mm-hmm. Just reading a proverb here that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Mm. Those who love it lead its fruit, but death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's, it's interesting, about, once again, with just three guys sitting around, so we didn't really like prep prep for this, but I actually, uh, just a few weeks ago— Our was, life is a prep. Yeah, yeah, I don't like, that's true. We live the gospel um, all the time. Our life is a sermon. We preach it. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I actually was doing a little— uh, randomly doing a little study about um, speaking, about saying, just a couple weeks ago. So I'm kind of pulling up some stuff I looked at. But um, it's amazing how much the Bible talks about words and tongue and speaking even. Um, Early in Genesis even, uh, God said, let there be light. I mean, it was spoke, (laughs) not to go on the charismatic trail, but spoke into existence. But um, it was... uh, there are things that we have to say in order for them to happen. Um, you know, there's a mountain in the way. God says, say to that mountain, be gone. And just don't just pray about it, but say to that mountain, be gone. I wonder if that's, that, that, that would probably be a whole other podcast, but it's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, so, I don't, don't want to totally go down that whole road, but. um, But there's power in words. There's power in words. It, 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 in speaking out loud and speaking to God and speaking to the mountain, but in speaking to each other. I mean, there's power, there's death, there's life in our words. Our words are so important. Yeah. It's almost as if words are a currency, and that currency can be squandered or it can be invested. Mm-hmm. And if you think of the two, poss- the two extremes of possibilities— one is using words to build up, to encourage, to um, to motivate, to send out. The other would be to tear down, to mm-hmm. discourage, to bring chaos, mm-hmm. uh, to, um, to to kill. Yeah. And so how how we choose to use those words, and really in any given circumstance, we can go one way or the other. Right. I think of the child, child teenager, whatever, who who does a certain thing. And it needs correcting. Yeah. 
Okay, so let, let, let's say a kid is making dinner and he burns the rice. Making fried rice burns it up. The parent can chastise him. Mm-hmm. You stupid kid. How do you not know to do that, right? Right. Or the, ch- the parent can say, hey, <laughs> looks, like, looks like we need a little help here. What did, what did you do? What did you do that you should yeah. have done differently? And so those or, hey, you know what? It's okay. It's just mm-hmm. rice. It's one meal. We'll order takeout. Did you learn something? How that how those words are played out will make a huge difference in that kids could make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. That one event, if if it's far to the negative side, could be a, an event that is indelibly crushing blow. Yeah. Per- permanently put in the mind and heart of that child. I'm a loser. I'm worthless. And I'm not, yeah. I talked to a senior adult lady not too long ago, and what she told me was really, really kind of brought this point out. She said, when I was a little girl, I was told children are seen, not heard. Hmm. And, I, and one particular time, I was trying to talk, and my mother said, shh, we're adults talking. Hmm. She took that to mean that she should be quiet and has been that way her entire life. Wow. Over 80 years old, she has remained quiet hmm. because she took it to mean hmm. I'm not supposed to talk hmm. ever. Man, that was that was a hit in the gut thinking, yeah. wow, have yeah. I done this? Right. Probably. You know, ha- ha- yeah. Ha- yeah. And maybe maybe the mom didn't mean it that way. Maybe she did, but maybe she didn't. Probably didn't, honestly. But that that's a big deal, how we speak, especially to our kids. At, speaking of the kids, one of the things that I try to adhere to in my home is when it comes to disciplining a child, one of our children, or correcting them, I, I do my absolute best never to say, you are, and then fill in the word with something negative. Yeah. What I... Aspire and attempt to do is say what you did is wrong, not you are wrong, yeah. but the actions that you took were wrong in that instance. And then, if opportunity presents itself, explain why. But carrying the weight of, like the example that you just shared, Jeff, is is paramount. And it, it, we see that all throughout society and all the different, so many different times talking with people within our congregations, we see that so many have been affected throughout life because of the negativity. You're, uh, you know, fill in the blank, you are negative. The evil one loves that. He wants us to think that we're negative versus our actions. It's like, I'm not sin. What I did may have done sin, but that does not define me. Yet so many times those sins do become defining who we are, and that becomes the words that we live by. When we look in the mirror, when we see and address the person I see in the mirror is negative this, negative that, that's from the lifestyle of in, in incorrectly using the words. You know, <clears throat> it reminded me of a, of a conversation I've had before when I've said something is stupid, but what was heard was, you are stupid. Right. So, whoa, time out. I didn't say you are stupid. I said that was stupid. But but that even complicates the power of mm-hmm. words because regardless of what we say, or for Tommy Neal, irregardless of what we say, <laughs> what is heard yeah. could be something totally different. And that is, that's really out of our control in a lot of ways. Mm. That's scary. 
And truth, as we've said on this podcast before, uh, truth is perception. Truth is not reality. What I, what I perceive is what I hold on to truth, regardless of what everybody else says. Everybody else can have video evidence that what happened did not happen the way that I think that it happened, but because I think the way that it happened, happened. Therefore, that is my reality and that is my truth. And so if I tend to think that you have said or someone has said something and that's the way I perceived it, that becomes my reality. Everything in my body wants to argue against that, but I will <laughs> oh, refrain. And, and I'm not saying, and I'm, no. I will refrain, but just let it be said. Yeah, yeah. That no, I'm not saying I agree. That, I don't, I'm not saying that I agree I with know, that, I know you don't. but that truly is the way that each and every person operates is my perception of truth. It becomes my um, identity of truth. And unless we maintain a teachable spirit, then that's not going to change. A verse that kind of it, it's been used a lot is to make every effort to keep the unity of peace and the, or the bond of peace, uh, unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Um, you know, I've heard that one multiple, multiple times over the years, and and in using our words, um, I basically have you heard that verse used multiple times as a as an out, basically for not speaking or not speaking enough or not speaking. That whole passage is enveloped with starting with gentleness and humility. So it, it definitely, there is that aspect of it. But then it goes into uh, the bond of peace, the unity of spirit, and then it ends with speaking truth in love. Um, to me, like, words are so important, but there are there are seasons, there are times where we have to use the right and, and explain the words. I mean, so it, it, I, th- I think it's not just confront. There are times to confront. And when even in the confronting, it's not just a f- drive by, throw a grenade in the room and, and hope it works out. <laughs> you know, that's, n- that's not confrontation. That's not, that's not hum- humble confrontation. And that's not unity, the spirit confrontation. But um, I, I, I guess my mind's just processing this because we can go too far on extremes. We can go yeah. too far with a always be kind and make your words gentle. Um, and you don't tell the truth. Which and you don't tell the truth. Which, from going off a cliff. Because, for instance, I another time, another place, other scenario, um, worked with someone that said whatever the person in front of them wanted to hear. Yeah. So it made everybody happy. In the season, but what ended up ultimately happening was a complete and total blow up, um, because then the pieces start getting put together. That wait, they said this to me, they said this to you, and it start you know. Um, That's called an accommodator. And I, and I not not being good at this at the, at the time, and still not good at this, but I had to do a truth and love confrontation with someone who I worked for back in the day, and. It actually went well. That meeting went well, but um, but I feel like I just chose, took us another direction. But I just feel like no, it, it's true. It, yeah, I just feel like we, there 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 are times where we need to be very gentle, and there's times where we gotta. And, and we can talk about with the, with the kids. I, I just feel like your own kids is different because you you kind of we we exercise that in the house, but in congregational it gets more complicated i think so i think with kids we have to our own children we have to approach this from a a perspective of love i love my child therefore 
to the best that I can, I'm always cognizant of the of the reality that my words are shaping them and teaching them. Right. So I give them what they need at the time. Sometimes they need some stern words. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if my child is on the edge of death, I'm not going to be gentle and kind. Mm. Oh, little Jimmy, step back from the road. Right. The car's coming. No, I'm going to yell at them. Get out. Yeah. I want to scare them. Right. I want to shock them. I want them. There are times when I want my kids to know that I'm angry. Right. Because yes. they need to know yeah. that what they serious. did was very, very serious. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want them to think that it's angry to where it is never, uh, you know, it's a it's a nonstop eternal anger. But right. but there are things that are so serious that they need to know, hey, this is a big deal. Well, and, and in our circles, too, when you, you're, you're shepherding a flock— you have multiple people. You don't want to just dig into somebody and just, like you said, the lady that d- didn't speak till you know she's eighty now. You don't want to dig into them and just over eighty, just, over yeah. and wound them and wound them and hurt them. You don't want to do that. But at the same time, if let's say that they're doing something that's hurting the rest of the flock, you also don't want your words to them to be misinterpreted as, uh, "Hey, it's okay." You know, you you it's got to be, "Hey, this is not okay." I mean, you know. <laughs> And and that's where you know, as someone who in the past wanted everybody to like me, has really been hard. But there, it, at some point, you know, you just have to say this isn't this isn't okay. So I'm a big fan of uh, negotiating theory and, and negotiating tactics. I, I I study a guy by the name of Chris Voss quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. One of his uh, tactics for delivering bad news is he he starts with an extreme. It, it's called an audit accusation. You know, I, he, he, so he might say something to the effect of, look, you're going to think I'm just a jerk and that I'm out to get you. And you're going to think that <laughs> that this is I'm with well, the news I'm about to give you is maybe the worst news I could ever possibly give you in your entire life. In fact, you may not even want to speak to me after I tell you this. Uh. But, you know, that that uh, 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 paint color is just really, really bad on the <laughs> yeah. wall. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, whoo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I exactly. thought you were going to say I'm dying. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, and it, it's actually brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it works even when you know that that's what somebody's doing. Right. Um, because it, it kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think that truly to 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 harness the power of our words, we ought to be aware that words are so powerful. That's probably the first step. Two, we ought to be intentional. That's a big word that we we use all the time. Intentional about when and where we use them. And we ought to be not only intentional, but strategic. Yeah. We ought to to consider both the negative things we have to say and the, the positive things. This just popped in my mind too. We got to make sure that as we use our words too, we're not speaking out of our own brokenness. Yeah. I mean, that, that passage was clear about be completely humble and gentle. Um, and that's easier said than done. I mean, I can come out of a, you know, anger or defensive or whatever standpoint. And, and if if I'm in that place, it's not the time to talk. It's the time for me to get right before I use my words. Even though, even if I'm right, you see what I'm saying? That's the like, parent who sends a kid to the room and says, I'll, I'll be in there in a little bit when I go cool down. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, Still going to spank you. I'm telling them to cool down, now. but you're really getting yourself to yeah. cool down. So. Well, and that, that is a biblical mandate as well. I, the verse pops in my mind. I think it's uh, Ephesians 1, I think it's verse 18, 
or somewhere around that area where Paul is praying. He says, I pray for the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation. I mean, as we're praying that, especially if we're going to have conversations, knowing that we're walking into a situation where I need to intentionally use my words, intentionally choose my words, it's praying and asking God. We cannot uh, negate the importance of praying and asking God for words. What are the words that you want me to share? How do I... How do I, through this conversation, point people that, to you, that you're the answer for the problems, for you're the answer in this situation, because he truly is the answer. And being able to have the godly words to point them to Jesus is imperative. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a for instance, um, this past week, one of my children, uh, in passing, decided to call another one of my children an idiot. Mm-hmm. And I almost exploded in that moment. But I calmed down, and about three or four moment, uh, minutes later, I called that child over, and I prayed over him. I prayed over that child, mm-hmm. and at the end of that prayer, I looked at him eyeball to eyeball and said, you will not call a number, another person in my home an idiot. You will not do it again. Mm-hmm. And they, they received it because there was power. Yeah. There was the authority in that, but it wasn't me jumping down their throat. Right. How dare you? You're an idiot for calling them an idiot. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. uh, because yeah. that's what I wanted, to, I yeah. wanted to do. But in the flesh, I took a moment to pray. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that takes practice because it's that whole idea. We talked about this before, responding versus yeah. reacting. Mm-hmm. That's good. If I react... <laughs> I'm going to blow up just like yeah. you blew up. But if I respond, that's that taking time to pray and to process and to think and figure this out. What's the correct way, or to the best of my knowledge, the correct way of handling the situation? Is it fair to say that words come from the heart? All words come from the heart? Yeah, if by heart you mean uh, <laughs> the well, total a good being man brings good are. things out of the good yeah. stored up in his heart. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, if if out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Yeah, right. So if if there is a um, uh, if if there are harsh words that come out, then that that's rooted somewhere in the heart of the speaker. Yes. Yes. Mm, harsh words, like not <laughs> harsh words, but not hard words. Hard words can be coming from the right place. Right, right. Yeah, so definitely difference between. We're, hard we're called and harsh. to rebuke. We're called to correct. Um, but that can be done harshly, or that can be done, like he just stated. I mean, and you know, this has probably been mis- misused just as much as any. But uh, Jesus called him a brood of, th- uh, of thieves, a den of vipers. Mm-hmm. You know, when he overturned the temple uh, yeah. tables, and yeah. he was he was pretty harsh. Well, was he harsh or was he just hard? Hmm. I would probably have to go with hard because yeah. there was a righteous anger. There yeah. was a, this righteous indignation that he had, but yes, and it's been used so many times. That does not. That is not a one story in the Bible. Yeah, meaning that everything that every I Sunday. Do, oh, for it, you know, flip you over every time. Thieves, yeah, yeah. You so. Vipers, you whitewashed tombs. Right, but there might be a time to do that. Yeah, rare though. I would say not. That would be the exception rather yeah. than the rule. Yeah. Um, I try to I try to take the approach of you you uh, respond to people based on where they are and what they need. It's mm. good, yeah. We're listening to the radio. There's a uh, for those of you just tuning in. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jeff is a volunteer fireman, and there's a call we just got across the beaver. So it's just somebody having trouble breathing. I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> there are other people who are. There are other to, people yeah. who will go. That's great. So we're okay. But uh, well, um, power of words, amazing, isn't so it? So I feel like we just went down this confronting. T- so power of words. Um, as people of God, we need to remember the power of words. And here's what I think we need to be doing more of is, is encouraging. Yeah. But I don't have the gift of encouragement. Well, so what? Encourage anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. As you said earlier, the example is she didn't, she's in her eighties and she has, but flip the script. And what if she had been brought into conversations or, um, you know, a one word of encouragement can go so, so far. And I want to touch on what you just said, because you were joking <laughs> when, when you said, well, you, you don't have the gift of encouragement, do it anyway. But that truly is, yeah, true. that, that, that is truth. It's yeah. not whether or not you have the gift, you have the responsibility. It's just right. those with the gift tend to be able to do it a little bit easier. Right. But encouraging is a responsibility that we all have as Christ followers. And, and the person that doesn't have the gift might actually hold more weight with their encouragement. Um, if somebody's always encouraging, it's like you said earlier. Yeah. Wow, you've never said anything nice to me yeah, ever. Yeah, you, you this always, must really be yeah. something <laughs> right. Or you want something yeah. from me. Yeah. yeah, but if you're that person who unexpectedly... Uh, let's talk about that. So some people can be really good about using their words to manipulate. <laughs> and we ought to be very, very careful about that. Manipulation is never holy. Ever. Ever. Because manipulation is using somebody. So I can't necessarily control what the other person's motivation is. From a, from a standpoint of my own words, um, I can, that is something I can control. Um, and we can, we can easily go, hey, am I manipulating or am I persuading? I mean, but there's a, there's a really fine line yeah. there. It's a hard um, issue. Yeah, it's a hard issue. Yeah. It, yeah, it comes down to the, to the heart behind it. So, um, and... You know, as people who get up and speak basically for a living, to some extent, we're wordsmiths a little bit. And so it's something I think we have to guard against. Other pastors listening, we have to guard against this, you know. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the official definition of manipulation would be, but but to me, it's getting somebody to do something um, that is ultimately for selfish motives. Hmm. If I, yeah, if I, that's if good. I, if I lead you to do something... And it's good for you. It's genuinely good for you. Yeah. That's probably not going to be manipulation. But if I convince you to do something for your benefit. One of the terms that I use on a regular basis is the idea of spiritualizing to justify an agenda. Yeah. And that's the essence of what you're talking Because people that are in full-time ministry um, have the capability, let me just say it that way, to spiritualize in yeah. order to justify the agenda that that individual has. And we have to, we in, in ministry have to guard against that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That has to be, and it has to take intentionality because just as all sins easily entangle, how easy would it be to not even realize that we're doing this? We yeah. have to check ourselves. That's part of that prayer process of God. Why, what's the heartbeat behind what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Asking for God's words. That's, that's huge. Yeah, we can spiritualize anything. I mean, we can justify anything that we want to justify, and we can put it into the spiritual realm and make yeah. it... Use the God card and make yeah. it sound all yeah. right. Yeah. 
how can you argue against God spoke to me right. last night? And and argue is a good word because um, and I would say yeah, you can argue. Against you that. you can yeah. and and sometimes you should. But it, like if, if I know that's happening to me, if I know that somebody is just manipulating and spiritualizing or whatever, and, and that's happened, that's happened in the past many times, I think, and this is where it comes down once again to a, that can really make me mad and I can come back at you with my own, yep. I'm, I'm basically manipulating back because I'm just fighting now. But but I think um, there are times to respond and there are times to just be silent, yep. you know, just let the manipulation fall flat on the floor. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's a discernment thing. I mean. So there are times when the right word at the right time mm-hmm. can, I wanted to say literally, but I feel like that's an overuse word yeah. as well. Right. But the right but, word at the right time will change the trajectory of a person's life. Right. It will be that mark in the ground, that cornerstone David, by which people say you are the man yeah, yeah. that was just but yeah. there are times also where it can go the opposite direction where it can mm-hmm. either either move people towards good or towards not good yeah. um well because think about it, you're not and this is the problem like in a debate or an argument typically we're fighting against the words that were just said that's we're responding in it but that's never the answer because if if there's a manipulation if there's a it's starting with a heart issue, so you're really not even actually addressing the real issue that's underneath it anyway, especially if it's being spiritualized. It, that's coming from a really deeper place. So in a in an argument, there's not a winner, really. I mean, yeah. you could win the argument, but what have you gained, really? And, and that would be a good uh, uh, litmus test for us. Are we trying to just win an argument? Right. Because then it's ego and pride. Yeah. Or are we trying to genuinely help a person yes to look more like Christ yeah it's a good way to think of it well tough things words they words matter are so important specificity of language mm. words words every mm. there the words I think that's signs yeah but they're words on the signs <laughs> your praise will ever be on the lips. before you spoke a word you were singing over me mm. if you confess with your mouth Sorry, okay. Just, <laughs> I'm thinking out loud. Yes, you are. All yeah. right, well, any last words? Up. Oh, see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, see what you did ah! there. Hey, thank you for tuning in to Messy Christianity, where uh, we talk about life, faith, and everything in between. And uh, hope you, if you like this, you will share and you will subscribe. Uh, send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got something in particular that you'd like for us to discuss, keep it to yourself. Hey. We don't do requests. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. We will. Um, Let's do something like somebody's still listening here. This is at minute, I don't know, 30, whatever. 30.33. So I don't know how many actually listen to this point, but we ought to, maybe not this podcast, but the next A one. reward. Throw out something. The first person that you're still listening and you respond to one of the but three But we're not doing it this time. <laughs> Are we going to do it this time? Are we, we can do it this time. All right, let's do it right like, now. So the first person to uh, put on our face, our StoryPoint Facebook page. Um, well, comment underneath Maybe this. we should have thought this out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just send a message to one of the three of us in any, in any shape or form. In any shape. The first Say, person hey, to I comment out. Not any of us. It no, has no, to no. be one specifically because if <laughs> okay. you get one and Jeff gets one, that's then you've got to compare. Page. That's, oh, that's true. Thing. We wouldn't watch first. StoryPoint Facebook page. If you'll simply comment, I'm first. Yeah, but it's got to because they can't, it won't show up. So comment oh. underneath this post 
on the Story Point Church Facebook page the post for this particular <laughs> podcast. So they've scratched through what to do four times. Okay, now right. the fifth. So what will they win? Now they're really listening. I don't know. How what? about a $20 Chick-fil-A card? That's perfect. $20 right. gift card to Chick-fil-A. All right. Awesome. That's I cool. Hope yeah. I hope we remember to do this. Hey, yeah, no, we, if, if <laughs> well, somebody sends it, we have to. What's really going to be hard is if nobody ever posts. <laughs> we we stink. Well, there right. you go. We're going to sign off for now before it gets any worse. Uh, it's the year 2048, and Chick-fil-A no longer operates in our region. <laughs> Later. That is heresy. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.